fresco in a well-ventilated area. I'm not one of those assholes who says, I don't own a television. Even if I didn't own a television, I wouldn't say, I don't own a television. I'd lie and say that I did, because I'm not an asshole. And let's be honest, it's 2010. If you own a computer, which you do, you asshole, you basically own a television. There are means. Point is, until this week, the TV I did own was an embarrassment. It was 17 inches, standard definition, and it was lacking both cable and an antenna. It was essentially a box slowly sucking electrons out of my wall, waiting, hoping, praying to be stirred from its slumber and called into action, displaying static and maybe, just maybe, some color bars. The term high definition has been thrown around for years now. Up until recently, it meant pretty much whatever you wanted it to mean. VHS tapes were remastered in high definition. Atari games had high-definition graphics. Kellogg's Rice Krispies had high-definition sound. Fruity Pebbles had high-definition color. Finally, though, in the past couple years, high-definition has come to mean a whole lot of dots on your TV. A million or more. Technically, I believe it's referred to as a crapload of pixels. Anywho, between high-definition actually meaning something now and my TV depressing both myself and itself, I decided it was time to start saving for an HD TV. I started by cutting back on my crispy consumption and putting aside the $3.99 I was saving every week. The thing is, I quickly came to the conclusion that at $3.99 a week, saving up for a 1080p 46-inch LED-lit LCD Samsung 6800 series TV with a 7 million to 1 contrast ratio and George Lucas pants-creaming technology was going to take a while. Like a decade and a half. Plus tax. What I needed was a nice HD TV on the cheap. Enter Craigslist. I set up an automated Craigslist search and waited for search results to start trickling in. The results weren't perfect. Mixed in with televisions were computers, DVD players, expensive sneakers, kombucha mothers, and some human trafficking. Eventually, though, I found a sweet TV. It was in my price range, and it was from someone who didn't sound like a scammer living in Nigeria. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Two days later, I headed a dozen stops north on the 5 train up to the Bronx, the Nigeria of New York City. I was meeting Charlie over by the Bronx Zoo. Charlie was a shorter fellow, mid-thirties with a vague mustache and a highly caffeinated speech pattern. He seemed like a mover and a shaker. When people say, I know a guy, they're talking about a guy like Charlie. He's people who knows people. He's the type of guy you talk to when you need a good recommendation on a moving company. He's also the type of guy who would tell you he has his own moving company and he could do it on the cheap for you. Just for you, though, because he likes you. I met Charlie outside, and after our meet and greet, we walked down to his basement apartment. Charlie's apartment is where things started getting weird. As basement apartments tend to be, Charlie's was fairly small, rather dark, and a little depressing. My 17-inch TV would have felt right at home. There was a window air conditioner inexplicably embedded in his wall, not facing the outdoors. One of his walls had a floor-to-ceiling wallpaper photograph of the Manhattan skyline circa 1987 on it, and the entire place smelled like someone had been working on a recreation of the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel done in spray paint, only there was no mural to be found or sign of spray cans. Similar to the Sistine Chapel, the apartment was decorated in the 1500s Renaissance style known as shit all over the place. 
hardware, empty pizza boxes, miscellaneous electronic detritus, dirty dishes, a potpourri of bachelordom. Just a lot of shit, basically. He told me last year the apartment was literally covered in shit when a sewer main burst and his apartment was flooded. Lovely. The television I was going to buy was sitting on a table in front of its replacement TV that was mounted on the wall. Charlie mentioned this in the Craigslist classified ad. What he didn't mention was that he had five other flat-screen televisions scattered around his apartment. A couple in a bookcase, another mounted on another wall, another face down on his air hockey table. Oh, I didn't mention he had a full-sized air hockey table. He had a full-sized air hockey table. It was around television number seven when I began wondering whether or not Charlie was on the up and up. And it was after he wiped my television down with a t-shirt because you don't want my dirty fingerprints all over your TV that my wonder shifted over to suspicion. As a hoarder of electronics myself, though, I decided to give Charlie the benefit of the doubt and agreed to buy the TV. As we lugged the TV out to the curb, Charlie started talking shop with some of his neighbors. Further cementing his I-know-a-guy status, it turns out he was also the superintendent of his building. Everyone loves Charlie! He got some cab numbers from his fellow tenants and called up a few different places to find me the best deal home. As we were waiting for the cab, Charlie insisted we head back indoors to exchange money. Should we leave the TV out on the curb like that? I asked. Charlie assured me it was fine. Nobody's gonna take my TV, he said. Charlie ran this part of town. Or, well, this part of sidewalk, at least. Ten minutes and several hundred dollars later, I was on a cab headed home and Charlie was out of my life forever. I'll never know if cleaning his fingerprints off my television was for my benefit or Charlie's. I'll never know why his apartment smelled like spray paint. I'll never know where that air conditioner went. Most tragic of all, though, I'll never know if Charlie was any good at air hockey. I do know this, though. I now own a nice 42-inch television. And it's got a crapload of pixels.